Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Holden signs on until 2026, but then watches his addict side limping to a draw at home with Accrington Stanley. Welcome to Charlton Live. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we'll be looking back at yesterday's enthralling 1-1 draw uh, with Accrington Stanley and also, of course, discussing the fact that Dean Holden has signed a uh, extended contract now. He's going to remain at the club until 2026 on paper. Uh, in reality, of course, he'll be gone by the end of the, uh, of the year, but <laughs> that's where we are. So, uh, on this week's show, uh, joining me to have conversations on those subjects first up Mr Nathan Miller another point on the board you couldn't be more right yeah I'm living the dream mate yeah all good um, yeah. And, uh, not, not seen the last couple of games I've been busy but um, yeah well obviously was watched the game yesterday and uh, nice to see that I haven't missed much to be fair but, yeah um, came, came back for an absolute <laughs> stormer didn't you well to be fair at least, at least you know the first goal in six games you know at least it was a goal to remember put it that way but um, yeah happy to be here and nice to see your Beautiful face once again, Louis Mendes. Thank you very much, uh, Nathan Miller. Also, hopefully joining us uh, is the grand old man of, of Charlton Live, Terry Smith. He's so old that he, his laptop doesn't work, but we're, we're going to see if he can hear me. How you doing, Tell? Yeah, that went pretty much how we were expecting. So I think Terry's dropped off. Um, so we will have to go without Terry Smith. So it looks like it's just going to be me and you, Nath. Um, just the two of us, mate. In, That's fine. Yeah, unless, unless Terry's laptop comes back to life. We were having some problems with his Wi-Fi just before we started. So uh, just me and Nath. Now, um, welcome to everyone joining us on the live uh, YouTube um, stream as well. Make sure you get your comments in uh, on yesterday's performance and, of course, the uh, the, the contract extension. Uh, for Dean Holden. Later on in the show, we uh, we got a fan guest, one, one, one of the guests I've most been looking forward to having on, actually, James Madison. A lot of you will know him as Mads, uh, well-known fan. He goes home and away. He's going to be our fan guest later on uh, in the show 
as, as well. So if you want to um, if, if you want to speak to Mads as well in the comments, make sure you do. He'll be joining us later on. Um, before we hear, you'll be pleased to hear, Nath, that the highlights on the whole failed to record last night. So we've only actually got our goal. So we'll hear that in a few moments' time. Um, but yeah, the, the performance, what, what, what did you make of it? Well, well, highlights. I don't think there's any highlight in the second half, put it that way. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of an odd one, really. I think we started well. Um, I think we were talking on our WhatsApp, weren't we, in terms of Corey getting the spacing down the sides. And I didn't see anything really apart from a, a comfortable win after the after the first sort of how Corey was getting in. And and then yeah, it's the same old story. We give a goal, give a goal away. Um, we get back in it and then it was just a bit huff and puff, really. Defensively, poor, ball watching. I know we're going to the goals, but um, yeah, I went in there with a sense of optimism yesterday and then I sort of crashing back down to reality when obviously at the full-time whistle. But listen, at the end of the day, another point on the board and I'm just looking forward to the summer now, mate, to be honest. Yeah, what well, just because there'll be no football to, to deal with. Um, yeah, Dean Holden, extended contract as well. Just your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, do you know what? Like, I know it, it, I, looking at Twitter, I think it, it splits opinions. Some people are happy, some people aren't. Um, for me personally, I just think it was a case of just getting stability in the club. Um, just, I think, not only just having a manager that you can say, you know, he's here for the longer term, but in terms of recruitment, I know we say this every year. Oh, the summer's a rebuild. We've got a big year, big summer coming up. I know he said that for God knows how long, but. I just think it's important and imperative that he he can now start experimenting. I think Curbs and Brownie said it on, um, they've been saying it on Charlton TV the last couple of weeks. He needs to start experimenting to see, looking at the likes of Carnu and Henry and, you know, to, to decide whether they're going to be part of this squad. So in that aspect, I'm happy with it because it just gives us that little bit of reassurance and we can go into the summer knowing what manager's going to be here and he's going to know what sort of players we need. So the main thing is stability. Um, he had that little bit of a bounce when he first came in. I know that, you know, the results recently haven't been that great, but if we look at where the squad is, I don't know what other manager could do much more, to be honest. Um, and I just think it's too early to judge him in terms of say he's a poor manager, but look what he's got to work with considering. But um yeah, stability is the main thing for me, mate, and I'm happy that it's done now so we can try and move forward. Mad, really, saying that as a Charlton fan, but um, hopefully mm. we can. Yeah, well, the the the, the club have just uh, released some notes as well. There was there was a meeting, uh, as Lewis sort of mentioned during um during Thursday show. There was a meeting between the fan advisors and and Peter Story. So I've been given the heads up, and it has been published now. So we we, we maybe have a look at some of those notes. Later on in the show, but there is is a reference to the ongoing takeover, and there is a reference from Peter Story that the the new lot coming in won't be looking to to buy the stadium, which is probably what we knew um, as well. So if if you if you've got the club website open as well, everyone in the comments, maybe have a, a skip through those as well. Whilst we're uh, we're doing the show, if there's anything you want to talk about uh, on those, uh, our very own Joe Pottyfoot's just said, uh, let's get this season in the bin. Hopefully, next season's mid-table stumble will be a more entertaining one because, yeah, that, that, that's the feeling at the moment is whether we're actually going to do anything next year is, is still a big question mark, uh, which, uh, well, I don't feel overly confident about at this moment in time. Right, let's have a quick listen back to the goal uh, from yesterday. So our goal. So I mean, if you, if you shut your eyes and, and don't concentrate too hard, you can imagine we won the game 1-0. Um, but yeah, it, it was an absolute weldie from uh, from Session. Uh, so let's hear how uh, Terry and Greg described it on Charlton TV. Charlton have the ball. Session. Cuts inside Wally. Sessignon will go for goals. A hell of a strike! What a beauty! What an absolute beauty! What a way to grab your first Charlton goal! And I don't think the Charlton players can quite believe it. Sessignon cutting inside onto his right foot and delivers an absolute perler over the goalkeeper and Charlton level. I don't think anybody can quite believe it. At least of all, maybe Stephen Sessignon himself. You said it'd take something special. We needed a spark. My word, what a spark that is. Sessignon cut inside, and you thought at first, no, no. Go percentage. Pick out somebody on the flanks. No. He hits it right into that corner where the keeper can't get anywhere near it. What a strike that is. Saving with no chance, and Charlton are back in this game in spectacular style. 
Well, there we go. Um, I, again, if you only listen to that, it sounds it sounds brilliant, Nath. Um And to to concentrate on what was very much a positive from yesterday, that was a great goal. Stephen Session's first of his career uh, came out of absolutely nothing because having started well, once we fell behind, we weren't in that game at all, uh, and we weren't really in the game in the second half until added time as well. So let, let's just spend a couple of minutes enjoying the one good thing that happened. Yeah, I, I mean, what way to do your first goal, though? You know. I think I'm expecting every time he cuts in there, you, I think you're going to have a lot more players around him there going forward um, if he's going to try and try and shoot in the future. But um, yeah, I'm, to be honest, when I saw it, I thought there's no way. Because when he, when he shaped up, I thought, oh, he's going back stick here. He's going to swing it back stick. And then when he's left his foot, I'm just looking at it thinking, just the audacity. How rude of him to try that. But um, no, listen, great goal, great finish. Um, for me, better than Claire's, and I thought Claire's had some beating to do against Plymouth. But unbelievable! It's your first goal. Do you know what I mean? Imagine that—like not tapping, just like if, if if that was his only goal. Imagine he goes for his whole career and never scores again. You'd be happy with that, wouldn't you? Really? <laughs> yeah, well, to an extent, I guess. But yeah, you're you're right. It's, it's the audacity <laughs> to try that when you have never scored a goal. It's like you remember Radistan Kishishev, at least when at least when he finally got his two goals. I, th- I think like he, he never scored apart from like two consecutive home games. But they, they were both tappings. Like Sessignon had absolutely no right to try it from there, but it was it was an amazing strike. And and the keeper, as you said, was was left grasping. He had absolutely no chance. But I mean it, it lit up, which was what was an absolute dirge yesterday. One of the most depressing days I've ever had at the Valley, and that was—I mean—it started off with the announce the announcement that Dean's got his his longer contract, and I film I filmed. Obviously, we saw it on Twitter about five minutes before they announced it in the stadium, and I thought oh, I'll film because we know it's coming. I thought I'll film it um, on um, on on my phone just to see what the reaction was like. It was so lukewarm, and it just sums up where we are at the moment. Even a manager that a few weeks ago some of the fans were getting quite excited about, even him. Signing on his long deal, no one cares. There's nothing to get behind, really, is there? It was so quiet yesterday. It was so dull. And I mean, someone in someone in the comments has just mentioned. Um, it was George said, "I can't wait for this season ten. Yesterday's atmosphere was similar to a pizza cup game. It was depressing. It was rubbish." Yeah, I think, and I think that's the danger where we obviously throughout, um, you know, a few weeks ago, we were still in this sort of meh sort of way and it was like oh there's still chance of a playoff and you know and then we tried keeping it alive and then I think it's just a sudden realisation we're not in my opinion not going down um, and obviously we're not going up so uh, it, just, it was just flat yesterday and I think you, everyone knew it everyone knows it now and it's just a case of just trying to swerve this season off now and just try get into the summer Um because nothing's happening and it was flat and you know as Jules said there is an atmosphere of like a friendly I mean there was a point in the first half I was and to be fair you know to be fair there was little glimpses you know where the fans tried to get you know get get people people going but I think it goes hand in hand where the players have got to give something for you to cheer about and it was just a flat mm, it's one of those and to be fair the sad thing is is we've got a couple more games you know like I said to you lot in the uh, in the chat yesterday, it's just I can't believe how many more games we've got left. I thought we only had a few left, but we've got quite quite a fair amount. So um, that feeling's not going. So I just feel we've got to try and I don't know, try and take the positives as much as we can. Otherwise, we're just going to literally for the next what two months just hate going to Charlton. <laughs> Which I know it's hard yeah. work, but um, listen, yeah, it, it was flat yesterday, and I, I think it's some of the performance up yesterday, especially the second half. It was disjointed, it was flat, it was stop-start, there was no, there weren't really any tempo in the second half. Um, so yeah, disappointing all round, but listen, that's where we are with what, middle middle of the table of the bottom half now, so I think you're just going to have more of those sort of games really, so we just need to try and take some positives. Um, but we just don't really look like scoring, or we just don't really have that cutting edge up front. Mm, right, let's try this again. Talking of disappointing all round, Terry Smith, how are you? Are you, are you on the stream? Well, hopefully, you can hear me now. It's uh, yeah, technology and me don't go hand in hand. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the majority of technology wasn't around when you first started going to Charlton as well. Um, we, we just heard the highlights, the highlight of yesterday's game. Um, 
we, we, we've just been talking about how absolutely rubbish it is to go down Charlton at the moment. Uh, I mean, Paul Davenport's put in the chat yesterday had a distinctly end of season feel to it, and there's still two months to go uh, before the end of the season. And we are out of the title race now, actually. For anyone who hadn't noticed uh, yesterday, we, we can now no longer catch Sheffield Wednesday, um, and we're, we're in mid March, which is quite depressing. Um, yeah, but uh, what would uh, Sam Sam was saying? The only highlight of yesterday was the positive news about Dean Holden signing his contract. What did you feel about the, the game yesterday? The atmosphere, the the football, if you can call it that. Well, this has been an absolute disaster. Thanks for popping by, Terry. So, right, that's not working. That is the danger of uh, uh, of your live stream. Uh, oh. Terry has, has got some <laughs> some Wi-Fi issues. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we, we've spoken about the performance. It, it, it had been a bright start, Nathan, which was probably part mm. of the frustration. Um, mm. What what do you think changed? Because Corey, Corey was like, I mean, obviously, I, I text you yesterday. I look like an idiot now. But after that first <laughs> five, ten minutes, I put... I, I, I put, well, for, for for me, it's quite a lot of money on Corey Blackett-Taylor to score in the game. I think I put a fiver on, which I, I don't really bet much. So, like, that's um that that was disappointing because he, he started really well, but it didn't, didn't work for him and, and he was no. out of the game. Yeah, it was strange because, as you, you know, we were saying, you know, um, Corey was getting into the game in between Mitch Clark and Rogers that, you know, they're wide centre-half and he was having so much joy and I I put it on Twitter. I said, "You get one on one, he's going to win that all day." He got him down the mm. side, and then we just seemed to—I don't know—we just seemed to stop doing it. I think we got then we gave the goal away, and then it knocked us a little bit. Um, we see not knocked our rhythm. We seemed to not be not shocked because it wasn't like we were battering Accrington at all. But I just think it knocked us a little bit. It took us a bit of time to get back into the flow of the game and get our rhythm back. Um, but not even that. We didn't really get Jez in the game. Jez. I can't remember Jez touching the ball really yesterday. Um, we just stopped doing what we were doing. We stopped getting in one v one, stopped the switching. You know, we was getting the ball quickly over to Corey to have a one on one, and he was winning it all day. He was he had that he had that Rogers and Mitch Clark on toast, but we didn't do it enough. Um, and again, it's just that consistency where we're not doing it consistently. And there was a, there was a couple of points where um, Corey got through, and again that that last bit of ingenuity or that, that bit in the final third wasn't there in terms of the, the sort of a powder puff shot, really. It wasn't, didn't really trouble the keeper that much, but we just stopped doing what we were doing and we just stopped doing what we, what was given us joy in that first sort of, what, 20, 30 minutes or whatever it was. But um, yeah, it was disappointing really. And as I think there was a couple of people saying on the comments, it was just at the end of season, sort of low, you know, just going through the motions and, so, yeah, it was a bit disappointing, really, considering how well we started. Yeah, Freeman says, I trust Terry's stream as much as I trust our defence. And, well, they've both <laughs> let us down, haven't they? Um, I mean, that goal yesterday, it was it was ironic, really, because the ball, the ball was dribbling out for a corner. And you see Sean Clare dart across and keep it in. And I remember saying to myself, oh, well done, Sean. Kept it in. And then straight away, gives possession straight back to Accrington Stanley. And then a cross comes in. We're all at sixes and sevens. There's no one marking anyone. Free header at the far post for, for Sean Wally. Um, why are we so bad defensively? Why isn't it? Why is it that even when we try and do something good, we still do something bad? Like we just can't keep clean sheets that often. We're Sean Clare, a player who's so hit and miss, it's unbearable that he's one of our better players. It just sums up where we are this season and last season as well. He's one of our better players, and he's not that good. Yeah, it's frustrating because you said he does, he does one good thing. Um... And yeah, it was a hospital ball, don't get me wrong, from Sean. But I think, in, in fairness, a, a little bit of blame has to go to Cess. I thought he was flat-footed um, in terms of receiving the pass. But I think the reason probably Cess was flat-footed is because you're expecting someone to clear your lines. You're that deep, you're getting pressed. And just clear your lines. Just get it out and then regroup. But we tried doing tippy-tappy in the wrong areas and we got punished for it. But I think the, the it was a good cross. And that uh, number eight, Lee, who I thought was man of Manchester, I thought it was really good. Um, it caused so many issues, nodded it back. And we had so many, Ness was okay, but I think Hector and Dobbo were ball watching. Because it was standard ball watching Sunday league, just caught underneath the ball watching, not grabbing their man and just saying, you know, this is my man here. But And both of them had the freedom of the city <laughs> to nod that back in. So it was a disappointing goal from our point of view. But it just seems like we're, we're not... Like teams aren't really working hard to, 
you know, they don't, it doesn't seem like they're having to work hard to score. And I know, you know, Ness has been brilliant, but you look at the Plymouth goal last week, gifted. Yesterday's one, gifted. Like literally every single goal, we're just gifting teams. And then we know, well, I know, in my opinion, if so, if that someone scores first, we're not going to score two. We're not going to score two. So then straight away, you're looking around and going, well, well, we're not winning this game. We might scrape a draw here. But, um, and I think that's what we've got to cut out. We've got to cut, cut out these errors and giving teams a little bit of a, you know, a pick-me-up and a leg up, if, as you were. And otherwise, they're just going to keep, you know, we're going to struggle to score goals and try and win games. So I think a lot of it is our own our own fault, really. And it's just simple, simple things that we're just doing. You know, they're not bad players, you know, they're awful, but we're just, our silly decision-making and like, with lack of communication along that back line is causing so many issues the whole year. Mm. Yeah, Freeman says, as a poor performance, it shows we don't have an effective way of playing. Our only hope is can Corey or Jez uh, beat their man? Is that really our best uh, strategy? Uh, a couple of people have mentioned Dobbo. So Keith said Dobbo and Jez both need a rest. They both uh, look tired. And Dan said Dobbo didn't have a good game yesterday. He needs a rest. And yeah, that was that was something else that was picked up in our chat. I thought, I, I didn't think, you know, if if we've even got to Dobbo, I mean, what, what hope have we got now? <laughs> because if, if we've made him not look his usual self, which, which has been the case a number of times recently, if we're being honest, that's um, that, that's concerning because he's he's usually Mr. Consistent for us. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, obviously, he cleared one off the line yesterday. So, you know, he, he had a poor game. He's still done his bit. But yeah, I just think for me, Dobbo's a little bit of a shining light for in a, in a poor team, really. For me, um, and there was a comment there in terms of Corey and Jez nail on the head. If, if if you do your homework against Charlton, your main thing, you go right. They're centre forwards. They got nothing. So what do you do? You keep Corey. You go double up on Corey and Jez, and they ain't scoring. Hundred percent. Well, unless obviously Cess comes out of the bag and just <laughs> tucks one top bins, but. Listen, if you keep Corby and Jez quiet, it's very rarely, you know, it's very rare that we're going to win that game. Um, you know, that point was spot on. And that is, I think that's why we're so one-dimensional at the moment. Dimensional at the moment. And maybe maybe Dobbo need, does need a rest. I think I just think we need a couple more wins just to get over the line. Um, just to put that, that little doubt of, you know, getting dragged in again. But for me, I think we're, if we win Tuesday, I think we should be fine. Considering our goal yeah. difference as well, that's another point. Um, we win Tuesday, I think that'd be fine. And then maybe you can rest Dobbo, give Henry a chance. But the only thing with that is you play Henry and you I don't know Henry or Fraser or Henry and Morgan, you haven't really got that ball winner. And I, th- I think we will look quite lightweight in that middle of the park. So, but I agree. Maybe he does need a couple of games out or a game. You know, we, we ain't playing for nothing. I don't, I don't see any harm in it, but I'd rather get that that win against Morecambe done first um, uh, and, and potentially Wickham just to make it a bit, that little bit more safe. Yeah, Matthew says, uh, there's great news before kickoff about Dean Holden's contract. One positive yesterday was Tyrese Campbell. He did look a threat when he came on. Uh, keep up the good work, living the dream. Yeah, uh, he put in a couple of good cross, well, one, one in particular good cross late on where absolutely no one gambled on it. That was frustrating as well, wasn't it? Because we didn't really start to create any chances until added time. One of which, of course, was that that Carnu chance. I mean, Dan's just said uh, I'm surprised Carnu didn't start because Payne made more, uh, uh, makes more of a contribution off the bench. Which, I mean, Dan again, he was busy yesterday. He had that chance late on, didn't execute it very well, which is probably the, the nerves of playing in first time, first team football for a youngster. But would you have liked to see him start yesterday or is it still a case of, as a couple of people have said in the comments as well, do we still need another couple of points? I mean, we're nine points above the relegation zone. I'm not concerned about that. I think you know, in the how many how many games we got left? About ten, eleven. Uh, yeah, eleven games left. We're bound to pick up about three points at some point. So, um, I'm not too concerned about relegation, but it would be nice to to see Carney maybe even start again. See 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 what sort of impact he can have doing that. Yeah, I'd like to see Carney start, but I just I don't think he's I don't think he's at a level where where you where you start him up front on his own. Um, I think he's a threat in behind, but I just don't I don't think he's ready to play that lone striker role that I don't think anyone really can play at the moment. If we played with a two, I think, yeah. Like, I think when, when he came on against, what was it, Plymouth, I think him and Lee Byrne changed the game. I thought we were done right with, with him on. So, if we're going to play two up top, yard, throw him in, um, dip him in and out. But 
if he's going to play as a lone striker, I, I just think you just because I remember I remember the time when we put Joe Piggott up there and Kyle and Grant, and there was like rabbit in headlights. It was just too much for him. Um, but if we play with a two, I don't see any problem playing Kanu because at the end of the day, is there was a comment there in terms of the you know the ball across goal. That's what we're missing. We're missing that poacher, that lot, you know, that instinct of being in the right place at the right time. And that and that's what we're missing. And that's what Kanu does. What's he scored? What over 20 goals this year? I know it's mm. 23 or 21, sorry. But listen, if you score 20 goals, you ain't doing it by luck. You you sort of know you've got the instinct in the box, and, and that's I think that's what we're missing at the moment. Mm, yeah, and Norman on Twitter says at least we're now into double figures for points against the bottom half. Yeah, we've only taken 10 points now against the bottom half, which is still weird. We've still only beaten one bottom half side, which is a remarkable record. Tony's on Twitter says uh, today summed up our season. Defensive mistake. Uh, saw us concede a goal. Sean Clare has had too many bad games for me this season. It was a simple 10-yard ball and he got it two yards wide. Uh, glad the gaffer is staying and hopefully we can get building. Carney looked a threat when he came on. Uh, Hector looks uh, like more game time is helping him. Uh, Penny seems a strange one. He seems available as was doing the army training in the week, but clearly isn't doing enough to get into the team. It's because obviously he's really, really, really struggled. Um, he says, uh, thoughts on you and, and to how uh, addicts of victory wasn't bellowed out yesterday before kick It actually was. I remember hearing it thinking, I can't believe they still play this. <laughs> there we go. Phil said, uh, I didn't attend today. Thank goodness there was another awful display. I'm glad that Holden has signed a contract. However, that comes with a huge caveat. We will be given... Uh, money to rebuild the players. It's been discussed on the show which players are good enough to mount a promotion challenge for me. Only Ashley Maynard Brewer as a starter, Fraser Dobson and Lee Burn as squad players. The rest can go, uh, which means a massive rebuild unless Sangard goes or gets a huge injection of cash uh, from another investor. I fear another season struggling uh, in mid-table. And Mike on Twitter says, personally, I would have changed the shape, started Miles and uh, Daniel Carnu up front. Uh, giving the opposition uh, more to think about. Right, we've got loads of comments that have come in, so we've got loads to chat about, which is excellent news. Uh, we also, also want to bring in Mads uh, later on in the show as well, but I think now we should hear from Dean Holden then. So the man who's just signed uh, a new contract uh, until 2026 uh, with the Addicts. Uh, I spoke to him after yesterday's game, asked him for his thoughts on that, and of course with uh, on his new deal as well. At Quinton, what did you make of it today? I thought we I thought we started the game quite brightly. I thought we, we got Corey Blackett Taylor was our main threat in that first 15, 20 minutes. Got himself down that side. He was giving them problems. A couple of uh, crosses and shots at goal at the crossbar. Um, the goal's a cheap one to give away, really. We, you know, we're in control of the game, obviously. <coughs> Excuse me. Obviously, Accrington have come to, to play for territory and play for long throws and, and slow the game down, which you know we have to we have to overcome. We have to find a way to overcome that. The goal, we're, we're in comfortable possession on the halfway line. We, we give a cheap one away, we, we regain it on the edge of uh, on our goal line and then we give another cheap one away and then we get pulled apart in the box. It's too easy to concede like we do. It's you know, Defensively, it's a really poor goal from, from our point of view. And uh, Obviously, Sessi's worldy gets us gets us back into it. I thought we looked a little bit shell-shocked by their goal, if I'm being honest. Um, Sessi's strike out of nowhere really gets us a little bit more confidence and back into the game. And uh, I think the second half, it was... I found myself saying this a bit recently, certainly from the Fleetwood game and one or two others. It was very stop-start, weren't it? It was difficult to keep the ball rolling. There was a lot of throw-ins, a lot of injuries. Um, it looks like we'll see how Jazzy is. Obviously, Nessie picked something up as well. And Corey looked like he was he was struggling with, with something. So, you know, we'll see where we're at from that point of view. I think we, you know, we threw Daniel on. We got him in behind just like we wanted him to for that one moment. Just couldn't quite execute that lob over the goalkeeper. And there was other bits towards the end. We rallied right towards the end and just couldn't quite... You know, we need to find a way of getting on the end of things in the box a little bit better. I saw a really interesting stat this week that the Charlton before today had only picked up nine points against sides in the bottom half. Do you think they struggle when, when teams come to try and stop you playing? I think, yeah, I think it's something we have to look at, of course. It's, you know, the expectation's on us to take the game to the opposition. Um, and when, you know, when teams, you know, make it difficult for you, you've got to find a way to, to obviously, to get around them. And, uh, yeah, clearly we've we struggled with that, whether it's expectation, whether it's you know the actual tactical game plan we have to look at. But you're right, it's, it's obviously been like that for a period of time and you know, that doesn't come as a surprise to me. I'm, I'm well aware of, of where we need to improve. And uh, you mentioned about the, the disappointment with the goal that you conceded and that did seem to change the game because it had been a fairly bright start. But as you said, Charlton really seemed to go into themselves after that. Yeah, again, I think I think that's historical. I think prior to me coming in, I remember seeing some some games and... I think remember the Cheltenham game in, in particular sticks in my mind where you can see that it's almost a, a feeling of here we go again and um, again we have to we have to find the, the mentality and, and the, the right mindset to overcome them the moments you know 
you're not going to keep a clean sheet in every game throughout a season. So, again, it's, it's something that we need to improve on, yeah. Stephen Sessignon's first career goal, not just for Charlton, but in his entire career. Really yeah, has he, has he thought about trying that a bit more, more often? often <laughs> um, I mean, he's a hell of a strike, one. Like I say, when he picked it up, he wriggled out of the tackle and as he hits it, you're thinking, because you know, we've done that in recent weeks, we've had some momentum and then we've, we've let go of one from distance and it's flown over the crossbar and it kills the momentum. It takes forever to get back in, into play again. And But no, fair play to him. He's hit an absolute wonder strike, as you say, right into the corner of the goal. And, um, at that point, I expected us to really grab, grab the game and scruff the neck and, and take it on, but we just weren't able to do so. Yeah, well, Why do you think in that second half it took until probably the added time before Charlton really started to look like they might threaten a bit more? Again, I'd have to watch the game back. I think it's... I think physically it was a difficult afternoon in terms of I think that mid, their midfield really really got on top of us at times and their number eight Lee was was outstanding gave us some problems in terms of his positioning off the back of our midfielders and yeah it was it was difficult to sustain momentum as you say to, to create them waves of attack it was it was it was you know it was a, a clearance up the pitch from them and then we've got a defender and then there's a throw in and then you got to pick it up again and you've got to, we needed to, you know to show a bit more quality in that in their half of the pitch we spoke about. You know the, the situation with our pitch at the moment due to the, the weather. We, you know, playing in their half, but once we get in there, we've you know we've got good technical players, and um, we've we've gone away from sort of back from the derby game. I think trying to overplay and trying to pass it into the goal to then in the next few games much more box entries and crosses and shots. And then today was just yeah we got caught a little bit in between. I think there was time we could have put our foot on it and looked to make an extra pass to work an opportunity to to make a box entry, and it was. I think we got, to be honest with you, yeah. I think you know, I think we got lumbered into their sort of style of play a little bit. It became a little bit sort of hot potato at times, and I don't think we've really got the team, you know, the players to play like that. You mentioned that the three that have come off all with potential injuries today also got Ryan as well. So for all four of those, it, I guess it's quite early days. But can you give us any indication on what the, what the problems are? I've not spoke to any of the lads actually since since the game, but um, with Ryan, we'll have to see. Ryan had a dental. Um, Operation on Tuesday, and he sort of suffered a little bit on the back of that. And we had to train on the the astral surface today. He's had, you know, his history of injuries where he can't train on that surface, so he's not trained all week. So hopefully, we'll we'll see where he's at on Monday. Congratulations, uh, Adieu, Of course, you got your your extended deal. I'm happy to get that over the line. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm delighted. It's obviously came here on a short term contract and a specific job to do, which we're still trying to do. You know, we're still not away from that danger zone. We had such a good run at the beginning. We were. Looking over our shoulder at the playoffs, and um, obviously in, in recent weeks we've struggled to, to, to pick up enough points. Um, so we know that we've still got work to do for this season. So we've got to get the balance right between looking towards the future and obviously you know securing our League One status. That's the, that's the biggest thing in all of this. But certainly from a planning point of view, behind the scenes, um, yeah, we can we can start to get our teeth into into you know getting this club back to where it needs to get to. It's obviously spent too much time at this level. And uh, it's been a disappointing season, and it's my job, to, you know, to, to make sure in the future that we that we get it right. When the takeover fell for a few weeks ago, obviously you came out and said you, you you'd be speaking with Thomas, probably looking for some assurances about how the club's going to be run going forward. Have you been given those assurances? What's going to happen over the next few weeks? Yeah, I've spoken to Thomas. Spoke to been in touch with Thomas regularly since I, since he came into the role. Um, obviously, Steve Gallen's on site with Martin, but yeah, Peter Story in recent times has, has obviously you know replaced Jim Rodwell. Had a close relationship with Jim and Andy Scott. They've departed, as you say, and now building a relationship with uh, with Peter. So um, yeah, I've been yeah I've had some good conversations, particularly with Peter and Thomas, around you know w- what this club looks like um, from next season onwards, and it's a really it's hopefully a really exciting time for us. Yeah, because it was quite a chastening this afternoon, sort of seeing how quiet it was and and you know a, a slow display perhaps in the second half. So there's a lot of work to be done in your in your. Your few years that you're going to be here now. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's absolutely clear to see. You can see that, you know, where this club is at in terms of the size of the fan base and the size of the club. But at the moment, we've, we need, we, you know, we we need to show some uh, we need to show some certainty around, as, as you said there, the ownership and what that looks like, and, and, and get the fans excited again. You know, it's difficult to just to just do that on the pitch when there's all question marks over the whole club, obviously. But um, certainly, we can try and do that from Tuesday onwards. You know, we're trying. To get that next result, um, as I said, there's loads of work to do. You know, even when we were winning, as, as we were when I first came in, I was I was well aware of, of where this club is and where it needs to get to, and that's not changed. And just finally, as you said, Tuesday, Morecambe, a, a tough game, and it, as long as Charlton are going to keep that little gap between them and the bottom three, they have to make sure they don't let teams below them beat them on Tuesday. Yes, yeah, of course, it's the, it's, a, it's our next game, so it's the biggest game of the season for us. It's as simple as that. It's a long journey up there on Monday, so we'll we'll see who we've got to travel with us. We'll go up there. And we, the, the biggest thing is keeping the confidence within the players at the moment. We've had a few 
you know, def uh, defeats and draws in the last few games, and it's important that we don't let heads drop and, and let any negativity creep in. You know, it's the bigger picture is this club has got a lot of work to do, and for the short term, we need to stick together and make sure we get some results. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers with a header. And it's shot. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! The absolute German beauty! Dreamland! Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Guess it! Come on! What a time to be here! Here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live! Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, hope you guys are enjoying the show. Uh, we just heard there from the Addicts boss, Dean Holden, on his new contract extension and, of course, on, on yesterday's game. Now, at this point in the show, I want to bring in our fan guest so we can discuss uh, all sorts of things. You've, you've put your comments as well into the uh, into to the comment section about Dean Holden uh, signing his new deal. But I thought it'd be nice to get another face on the pod uh, this week. So as a fan, I, I feel a lot of people will know. I certainly know him. He goes home and away. Uh, very uh, well-liked Charlton supporter. So this is uh, James Madison, who came here to cheer himself up. Mads, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, gents. Not too bad. Just about yeah. got over yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it, it was a, another classic, uh, the, the sort of display we're, we're getting used to uh, at the moment, unfortunately. Um, I mean, great great to have you on the show. Um, I mean, first of all, as I said, we just heard there from Dean Holden. What's your, your views on him getting a new deal at the club? I mean, I'm pleased that there's at least some sort of stability with the club. You know, obviously, you know, that fear of having him on a, a six-month contract. And I mean, you know, there were other clubs like Oxford sniffing around and, all. you know, he could have even gone before the end of the season. It was a, a, a sort of big enough risk. So having that stability is good. But unfortunately, it's, it's the elephant in the room all the time, all the time that everything off the pitch is so sort of unstable and not many people sort of seem to really know what is happening, what isn't happening in terms of the ownership. It sort of, you know, it's hard for any manager to make a real good job at this club at the moment, I think, unfortunately. And I think Dean's going to, again, find it challenging to leave a sort of positive print on the club. Like mm. Yesterday's game then, I mean, at what stage did you think I might, I might just go home? <laughs> like... uh... <laughs> Well, I mean, to, I mean to be fair, I, I even missed Sessignon's goal. I was in the stand, but I turned to my mate and uh, was discussing whether it was time to go down and get a beer. So, um, <laughs> so I wasn't actually facing the pitch when Sessignon hit his screamer. So I even missed the best bit. But uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was a bit of a turgid affair to be honest. I mean, we, we at least we created a few more chances, perhaps second half, like Torres Campbell when he came on seemed to inject a little bit of energy, but. Just echoing what everyone else has been saying, really. It's got that, it had that real sort of like end of the season, possibly nothing really to play for, apart from ensuring that we don't get sucked into that bottom battle. Um, yeah, just, you know, like I say, we just feel like you are going through the motions a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, excellent. Right, so Mads is going to remain part of the conversation now for the rest of the show. We've got um, we, we've got some more stuff specifically about Mads to talk about later on in the show, but also we want to continue talking about the contract that's come in. So um, I'll bring I'll bring Nathan on this comment as well. Um, you know, I think Paul mentioned it earlier about the, the no point playing a manager if we don't give him a decent budget for players. Hearing the breaking news about the non-purchase of the assets, it doesn't fill me with hope. So as I said, whilst we've been on air. 
Um, we, we, we've been sent, um, uh, you know, the club have published uh, th- this conversation between Peter Story and the two fan advisors, Lucy Bishop and, and Lewis Cat. Um, and, and, and possibly the main takeaway from it, other than the fact that, I mean, I was, I was looking through it while we've been on that um, Peter's made it clear that he's sort of here working, doing due, due diligence for any potential new owners, but does say he was bought in by Thomas Sankar, which is whoever you believe. Um, but the, the main thing is, is people who aren't going to be buying the assets of Stadium, Nathan. So it's the same recycling of the same old rubbish. And when you hear that, it doesn't fill you with confidence that Mark Spiegel, whoever this new bloke's going to be, is going to have the funding to to get us out of League One. I mean, obviously, it's early days. We don't know. But the problem with us not owning the assets is people can come in and get the club relatively cheaply, and that means you can be a relatively cheap person to do that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, still to this day, I still, if, I was, if I was looking to buy a football club, I just don't understand why you'd want to buy something with no assets whatsoever. I think if you, if you had the assets included, you could do... You could financially you could you could borrow against the assets you can use the assets as a guarantee you can do so much more whereas if now you're not buying the assets you're literally the, the way we're running at the moment you're literally just throwing money down the drain each month and i don't i don't understand how someone sees that as an attractive proposition um listen if, if someone's got the if, if someone's willing to write the checks every month to lose x amount a month then fine um but yeah i just don't understand why there's I don't know if it's because you know the Roland doesn't want to sell or the price is too high I don't know I've not really delved too much into it because it's it's quite confusing and I've got bigger things to worry about but I just don't understand why you'd just rather just take on the operating costs each month winningly lose money because you're not going to you're not going to gain money so the only other way of doing it is if you pump a lot of cash in to get out of this division and then you get the windfall of going into the championship, but that's a big ask, and there's a lot of work. So, yeah, when it when when, when there's messaging around going, yeah, but assets aren't involved, it is a bit samey samey. You know, it's just another it's just another face. Um, but listen, I don't know this Mark Spiegel or whoever is going to own the club. I don't know him. I don't know what his wealth is. It's just another thing where you just go, well, we'll see what happens then. But for me, it's just another face. Same mm-hmm. thing. I mean, Bob. Bob, Bob is asking the chat if we know uh, when the period of exclusivity between Sandgard and Spiegel runs out. I haven't seen that anywhere stated. Uh, it doesn't seem to be in the in the notes that they've just published. So oh, yeah, I can't give an answer on that, Bob. But I mean, James, we we we've been through this quite quite a lot over the last few years. You know, I mean, you're 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 one of those who, who will never stop going. Obviously, we ha- we have seen that a lot of fans just don't don't really want to go now. The like the atmosphere was dead yesterday. The the crowd have been dwindling and, and I don't blame anyone who doesn't want to go. Um, but I mean, do you feel like there could be a, a light at the end of the tunnel at all? It's difficult to say, isn't it? Cause we've had so many false dawns before, haven't we? You know, I mean, <clears throat> I still believe that, you know, if Sangar perhaps hadn't come in, things may have got worse, but unfortunately again, it was another false dawn in the terms that, I don't think he truly appreciated the budget that would be required to get this club out of League One. I don't think he particularly had the expertise required and had a a mandate to do it in a way that unfortunately has proven unsuccessful, especially around recruitment and all that sort of thing. Um, I, you just We're just living in hope all the time, aren't we? I feel like we're just constantly waiting for that knight in shining armour to come out of nowhere. And a bit like Nathan said, like, to get us out of this issue, someone is going to have to probably lose and be willing to lose a fair amount of money, you know, because at the moment, the Chatelet is still asking for a ridiculous amount for the club's assets. Um, all the time he owns them, I feel like the club's in a very vulnerable position. And like Nathan said, also not a particularly attractive buyer. Um, I mean, I was brought up uh, as a kid being a Charlton fan, um, you know, on the tales of you know, the fantastic fan effort and getting back to the Valley and the political parties and, you know, all the great things that made this club so unique uh, throughout the world, you know, and so special throughout, you know, what it had done in the past. And now we're back in a situation that we was in the mid-80s where the ground and um, the club are split, you know, which is the last thing we ever want. You know, we're celebrating 30 years of Back to the Valley and there could always be this risk that we might have to leave it again, you know, until the, the club and the assets are brought back together. So, like you say, I just feel like all the time you're trying to sell the club or pass the club on on just this 
club asset sort of way forward, I don't think it's going to be necessarily sort of, you know, worthwhile, you know, like, like I say, it's all going to be almost playing at trying to run the club properly. And if we do get some success, it'll be more luck than judgment, really. <laughs> yeah, that does feel like the case. I mean, part part of the, these notes as well from, from this Peter Story interview, um, Nathan, is about season tickets. I mean, it would uh, be interesting to see what people are saying in the chat. If you're currently a season ticket holder, will you be renewing? Um, I mean, because, again, we, we've no apparent light at the end of the tunnel at the moment, Nath. You know, I don't know if for some people, Dean Holden getting a longer contract, that might have changed that for them yesterday. I don't know if it will have for many. But, I mean, are you are you, are you thinking that there's going to be a, a slow upturn in renewals again this season? Yeah, 100% there will be. I mean, no, uh, for my sins, I'll still be there regardless anyway. Um, they're, they're, like, they're, you will have a, you know, a number of fans that will just go regardless because I just enjoy the social aspect, you know. Um, bumping into obviously Mads and that now and again, which is exciting. But um, yeah, I think there will be a slow. I think there will be a slow, and and you can't uh, lighten up take. And I, I don't think you can blame people if you're if you're if you're if you're trying to sell a ticket to to come and watch Charlton for the year. What are you selling? Uh, right, okay, we've got manager for, until twenty six. Brilliant. Right, who's who's owning? Is he give, is he going to get any money? If he's got the if it's going to have the same squad, then no one's going to watch want to watch that. But we all know that. Half of this squad isn't going to be here next year, whether that's because of loans or getting it out of contract. So we still don't know who's owning the club. And if it is Thomas who owns the club at the point in the summer, we know he's not really going to pull up any trees in terms of transfer key. So what are you trying to sell? You know, apart from, you know, Charlton is your club and they're, you know, you're an affiliation and that's you love going. Yeah, I get that. But if you're trying to sell people and go, right, so don't do anything else on a Saturday, come and watch this. We haven't really sold it, have we? Do you know what I mean? If you look at yesterday, you can't go. Yeah, do you want to pay? Do you want to pay three hundred quid to watch this? Yeah, like, you, you're not going to do it, are you? But I think there'll be a slow uptake. I still think we'll we'll sell a few, but until I can only see it changing is if 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 if, if Thomas sells a club, and I know that's a lot of unknowns in terms of well, we don't know who the new owner is or if he's going to invest the, the funds required, in my opinion, to get out of this league, but. I think that might give a little bit of a spark. Um, and maybe that's what the plan is. But if you if you put season tickets now, now you're not, you're at, you're at, well, put it this way, you ain't going to have everyone rushing to buy them. That's what I'm going to say. Mm. Yeah, I mean, all hell let loose is asked if I'm going to be renewing. I mean, I, I will be there, obviously, because I, I work there. I don't have to get a season ticket. But I mean, I'll, I'll put the same question to you then, Mads. I mean, it, it, on an individual basis, you know, I, it's probably... It depends on the person themselves, and I, I would be surprised if you were to tell me you weren't, you wouldn't be renewing, Mads. But there will be plenty. I'm sure there's plenty in your group who'd say, oh, "You know what? I'm not sure I fancy it anymore." Well, I mean, unfortunately, it is sort of like a bit of a sad indictment because, I mean, you know, probably, well, when when we got promoted under Bowie, maybe, and even going back as far as when we got promoted under Powell, um, you know, we, me and my pals used to meet up in the pub and there'd be 30 of us, you know, sort of like even more than that. And now if we get 10, we're lucky because people can't justify the money. Like, you know, and, I, and don't be wrong, buying a Charlton season ticket is probably one of the cheapest out there. But when you weigh it up against the quality, the entertainment, like like we have, we jokingly say, the game is the worst bit of the day. You know, the, the main reason we go to Cholton is to have a beer with our friends and sort of this macabre sort of sense of humour that we all have of sort of pain and suffering that we endure for the 90 minutes. Like, you know, um, I mean, yeah, I will be renewing, but I know even in my like dwindling sort of uh, like group of pals that I, I drink with and go with and that, there's a couple more that say, no, I don't think I can justify it anymore, you know. I mean, one of my mates, he travels down from Huntingdon, so it's like a two-hour journey for him. He's not going to be renewing. He's, a, he's had enough, and he's been a season ticket holder religiously for 30-odd years. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, Jason in the comments says, I will most likely renew my season ticket after my first season with one, but it's not the automatic decision it would have been uh, had we been playing for something all season. That's part of it. I mean, you, you pay your 300 quid or whatever it is, but at least, what, 25? If we're being honest, at least half of those games are for nothing because by the time we've got to sort of the turn of the year and, and we, we know we're not going to be in the playoffs. It feels like we've 
we're wasting our, our time and money supporting something that's going nowhere, which, which is, again, not something I ever thought I'd be saying, but I've been ground down by it so much recently. Uh, Keith said I've been going for 50 years, so it's too late for, new, for me. I will be renewing. Uh, it's my club regardless. And obviously, there, there is still that core of fans who, who will do that. Um, and, and, and thankfully, you know, that's, that's what the club will survive on over the next uh, however long. Uh, Jason says, uh, if I do renew, I'll, I'll, I'll need to make some mates in the section to make it more fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, get yourself in the fans bar or down the oak, Jason. There's always loads of people to chat to. Nathan's always about as well if you, uh, uh, if you, want, if you want to have some entertainment. Uh, a couple of emails as well, just on, mainly on the game, actually. Duncan said, I went to the game yesterday. When you think uh, things couldn't get any worse, we scrape a draw against a team fight in relegation. If it wasn't for Cess, uh, we would have played another game uh, without scoring and lost. It was woeful. We're totally overrun in midfield. I don't think Dobson and Kilkenny can play together. Dobson was poor, apart from the goal line clearance. It sums up how frustrating Clare is. They did so well to get the ball and stop it going out from a corner and then proceeded to give the ball away, leaving us outnumbered at the back post. That's the, uh, the only positive today. Session, we didn't lose. Holden's contract. Carlisle got a late winner. Yeah, Duncan's very much hoping that we can get promoted at Carlisle next season. We just require them to come up and then us to not be an absolute shambles of a football club, of course. Chris said, uh, another poor performance in a poor disease, uh, season. It's, it's so depressing. Uh, his missus left at half time to go shopping in Asda. Uh, in the first 20 minutes when we started well, I had the feeling that if we didn't score, we'd be in trouble uh, as we don't seem to be able to keep it up for any amount of time. Good to see Campbell and Carnu come on. I would like to see those two and Henry given a chance to show what they can do. An important summer ahead all depends on getting the owner who can bring stability and investment. We haven't had too many of those recently. And Carl said it's another point on the board. In all honesty, though, what are we doing? We look devoid of any attacking intent or a game plan for sustained periods right now. I'll come back uh, to uh, that. what we used to work on a lot last year, identity. We didn't We didn't have one. How are we trying to beat teams? Accrington had a clear approach with long throws, balls into the box. What are we trying to do? With that formation, I think it's used the wide men, but it's not working. Corey had a good 15 minutes. Um, Jez didn't get into the game at all and didn't look interested. We gifted another goal. We looked clueless. It hadn't been for Cess. We would not have gotten the score sheet again. How can we only be having three shots on target against a team that's so low in the league? I'm glad Holden's been given a contract, but he needs an experience number two to bounce tactical ideas off. Uh, we should be given Carnu and Campbell more minutes from now. Uh, even players that we can normally rely on are dropping away in performance levels. Uh, Dobbo had one of his worst games, constantly giving the ball away. I can't wait for the season to end. And that's from uh, Carl. Um, HTTR uh, said, I'll grab a season ticket, but I would like to see what the team uh, will look like uh, first. A general uh, said, uh, unlikely on the season ticket, but question whether to renew in the lounge depends on the owner and the investment in the squad. Yeah, must, again, I've, I've never, I've never actually done the lounge. It's not really, um, it's not really something I'd, uh, I'd, I'd ever had any interest in. I, always, I used to go down to Rose of Denmark. They used to be where I'd be. But um, yeah, again, it must feel like you're spending all that money to, pay for a premium product which is a lounge and then the product you're being served on the pitch is rubbish you, you must think why am i why am i doing this right uh right another time someone might have thought why am i doing this and now so one of the reasons i wanted to bring on mads is because he he, he experiences football uh you know as, as a fan every week and also he got to experience something really quite specific at Charlton recently uh, which I'm going to share on the screen in a few moments time so mads um talk us through uh, your appearance on the crossbar challenge uh, a couple of weeks ago. Let's have a look at it now. Here we go, it's not very far. Oh, God. Let's play the new front of the other things. This never looks so big. That is wonderful. That worked great. I'll, I'll, I'll admit my, my practice sessions went a lot better than that. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> So talk, talk us through the whole experience. And so that's something I've never got to do, the, the crossbar challenge. So you, you went you went down to training ground for some some practice sessions. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'm guessing not 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 for too long, judging by that video. Well, to see, I've got I've got stick from Scott Minto and Kirbysley saying I didn't practice. <laughs> but I can assure you I was down whole place. I even borrowed some boots off a, off a fella off Twitter, another Charlton fan off Twitter. And... Uh, you know, I was practicing. I mean, look, I hold my hands up. I'm not a uh, gifted footballing individual. You know, I mean, uh, the highest uh, um, footballing standard I got was playing for the George in Bexley Village about uh, 15 years ago, sort of thing. So, you know, and, uh, you know, I was more of a super sub sort of uh, in them days, to be fair. So, yeah, now my, uh, my, uh, uh, technique in front of goal is probably not all that to be honest, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean it was a great experience. Uh, 
felt a little bit bad. I felt like I let some of my supporters down with my lacklustre effort. But but to be honest, like I say, like I mean, I probably hit it twice in about a hundred attempts over my practice and whatnot. And um, Jason Pierce said uh, at the training ground that he'd never seen a technique quite like mine. Um, which he sort of dubbed the, the scoop, I believe. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, like, figures us, he said, Oh, we'll just do that. I said, I don't know how I'm doing that. So, you know, like, that was sort of the problem. But, uh, yeah, I'll be honest, the nerves massively got to me. Like, uh, Piercy gave me all sorts of advice, like, tear up, believe, take your time. And as soon as you stood in front of the covered ends with, like, uh, people sort of chanting various things at you, some good, some uh, not so good. Uh, yeah, you, you just all goes out of your head, and I was just a little bit like, "Oh Christ, just kick the thing," you know what I mean? So, uh, but having said that, I won the um, the Valley Gold box, which me and my partner went in yesterday, sort of thing, which was a a decent uh, decent enough experience. So, uh, yeah, we got something fairly uh, all right out of it. But I won't lie, the six and a half grand would have been nice. It would have funded going to Port Vale. So, actually, in the long run, it probably did me a favour. So. Yeah, any, any, well, if, if, I mean, you're going by helicopter to Port Vale because that, that's, that's <laughs> well, the train. Yeah, Joe said you were better than Bon as well, which I, I think is very much faint praise. Um, yeah, uh, the 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 nerves of actually looking up at that covered end. Do you think that is probably what's affecting our, our strikers at the moment? Um, possibly, possibly they need some excuses, really, but. Uh... But yeah, I don't know. I'm, if I'm being honest, like this has been a, a topic of great debate with me and my pals, like in the pub and that. Sometimes getting quite sort of heated in my because I've been one who's actually tried to defend the likes of Bond and Stockley a little bit, purely on the fact that I didn't necessarily always feel that we was playing to their strengths. And a little bit like Nathan sort of said, I've always been a bit of a two up front sort of person. I know it's a little bit Mike Bassett, England manager, you know, four four two and all that sort of thing. But but yeah, I just always feel you're gonna mop up more chances if you've got two strikers up there. And um like in the early part of the season I felt like Stockley was um, you know, sort of trying but didn't have anyone really to sort of play it off. And the same bit with uh with Bond, like, you know, Bond's first spell at the club, he was a bit more of a poacher than, uh, say, the strikers that we've got. And now to be using him really as a target man, I just don't think's sort of working. And then Sodslaw, the one chance he does get where it's fired across the box where you'd expect a poacher to be, I don't know whether he wasn't expecting it or what, but he got caught flat-footed and waving his arms about, like, you know. So, mm. yeah, we just we don't really seem to have much uh, of a cutting edge up front at the moment, which is quite sad yeah. to see. Yeah, it's hugely frustrating. And that goal from Cess was so. It was our first one in just under eight hours of football, seven hours and uh, and fifty six minutes. And and like I say, it's not it's not a goal. It's not the type of goal you expect to score every week. So scoring that goal and then not really threatening much after that. Now it doesn't suggest we're actually going to start to to score a lot of goals in in the next few weeks. Bob said, if I didn't work for the press, would I pay for a season? I, I would. Because I, I find I, I would be there every week, but you know I, I imagine like a lot of people, I'd find it harder and harder um, to, to 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 do that because of because of where we are and and what it's going. Um, you, you mentioned about the, the group of mates you've been going with, Mads. Um, you know, part of this this little fan section I wanted to do was to learn more about individual fans as well and and how they how they first started coming down, the sort of people you go to games with. Obviously, I I love bumping into you and your lot on away days because. It's quite a lively crew, to be fair. So uh, tell us a bit about the people you go with and and, and how you sort of met them as well, because uh, these um, friendships sort of they, they it's, it feels like they build up organically over the years. The longer yeah. you, you go, the more people you know that you can go with. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like you say, it sort of seems to grow sort of organically, really. I mean, a couple of my pals, like uh, I went to school with them, so uh, they sort of um, manifested a love for Charlton, sort of either. Uh, while we was going to school or sort of latterly by sort of coming along with me. Um, I mean, the majority of my pals have been really ones that you sort of pick up over the years and you sort of bump into each. I mean, the first time I met my friend, uh, Andy King, he, uh, it was me and him were uh, in a uh, bar in uh, Utrecht watching Charlton uh, in pre-season in, I think, like 2006, something like that, under Dowie. And, uh, you know, you just hit it off. Like you've, it's, it's a good icebreaker because you've always got something to talk about, usually moaning about with Charlton. Um, so, yeah, you'll sort of start talking talking about the sort of club and just hit it off and sort of, you know, end up sort of meeting up in the pub before the game, etc. But, yeah, like 
I, I have uh, good mates with Vince uh, Neshevitz as well, who's a, a sort of a, a well-known sort of supporter. Um, I've also got me mates sort of like Lee Pope, John Fairclough, people like that who are all names that I dare say some of you guys have sort of heard before. Jewish John, obviously, you know, another face around sort of uh, around Charlton circles and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, and like, like I say, you just sort of organically meet at, say, like away games or sometimes like as well, we'll, you know, you'll need to get to an away game and you're struggling with trains or whatnot and people will offer you a lift and that. So, yeah, you know, we're quite a quite a good good bunch on the whole and we'll always try and sort of help each other out, which I think is why you do build up these sort of pretty solid relationships. And and as well, like, also just people you get to know just sitting around you on the day at the Valley sort of thing, you know. Uh, you become mates with sort of everyone behind you and uh, in front of you because you're all suffering at the same rate watching the matches and that. So, yeah, you know, like I say, you bond through uh, through the macabre hardships of watching Charlton. Yeah, you've you've actually cheered me up no end there, Mads, because I've been <laughs> drawn into a bit of misery watching the, the bloody game yesterday. But yeah, it reminds you what it's actually all about, which is when you're on the on the train to away games and, you, and you're sitting with you know Vince or, or whoever you bump into that day. It's always it always makes it much better. Uh, we should look ahead briefly. We've only got four minutes left actually. It's fine by since uh, since Mads come on, but to, to more come on on Tuesday, Nath. Um, you know, another <coughs> point on the board would be good uh, if we lose. Then, then maybe it will be panic stations. Like I said, we're nine points above the relegation zone. It would probably take a, a couple of defeats, you know, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday in Cambridge for me to be really nervous. But I, I'm more nervous about what the performance is going to look like because we, we, we've had a few players dropping out potential injuries, as we heard from Dean there. So was it Jez? Um, Ness came off. Was it Corey, one of them as well? So if we lose those three, our three, three of our better players, um, we, we could be in a bit of trouble on Tuesday. Yeah, potentially I can see Tuesday's game being really um, dull, you know, very direct, <laughs> very, you know, I, listen, I know I'm trying to put a positive spin on it, I'm supposed to, but I can just see it being one of those games, like, it's probably going to be raining, it's up north, in the middle of nowhere, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe if they get Tyson Fury playing, it might spice it up a bit, but I just think, yeah, it's going to be one of those games where we just need to win. Just just get that win over. Whether it comes off, well, Jason Pierce don't play anymore, but if he come off his backside, then they'll take that. But, um, yeah, I, I can't see it being a great game, especially if we've got those players out. And who knows, if Corey's not fit, maybe it, it forces his hand a little bit to play two up top. Who knows? But I just think we should have a go now, I think. I just think we need to try and take the handbrake off and really have a go. I think we're nothing to lose. I just think... They're they're down there for a reason, you know. They're not any well beaters, but we know if we give goals away like we have done in recent weeks, then it's going to be a struggle. But I just think go there positive, go to go and attack the game, and hopefully we can come away with something. Yeah, how do you feel going into this one, Mads? Um, like we've we we traditionally haven't been great on the road this season, although obviously a bit better under Dean. Our record against sides in the in the bottom half for some reason is absolutely dire. Like we've yeah. only taken ten points out of our forty two or whatever we're on now. So yeah, how do you see this one going? Um, I think it is gonna be another tricky, tricky away day, to be honest. I mean, I could see us hopefully coming away with at least a point you'd like to think, because but you know, I mean, I suppose the league position doesn't lie. I mean, you'd like to be sat there thinking, oh well, you know. We'll get three points away from them. We're better than Malkin, but the sad truth is the way things are going at the moment. You know they'll probably put in a disciplined performance, quite physical. They're the sort of performances we really seem to struggle against. You know, sort of hence why our record with the lower lower sides in the division is so patchy. Um, like I say, at the moment I'll be happy with a point. I'm, I've not got the uh, courage to be going up there on a dark Tuesday, wet, wind, uh, wet, windy night, to be fair. So I'll be watching on uh, Charlton TV. But uh, but yeah, like I say, I think uh, I'll be happy with a point at the moment, which uh, is a sad indictment on how things are probably at the moment, really. Yeah. And uh, well, just to make everyone feel a little bit better. So, so uh, Morecambe haven't won in their last four games anywhere, but they've only lost one of their last, that looks like 11, possibly 12 games at home. So it's no easy place to go, which there yeah, makes it even more difficult, especially when you're not a very good team like we aren't. Right, we've run out of time on uh, Charlton Live. Um, Nathan, uh, always a pleasure to see you. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, boys.
Yeah, I'll say, I'll, I'll say thanks to Terry for his fleeting appearance earlier. Ray tweeted earlier <laughs> saying we should we should we should pay him off with some AOL dial-up internet, which which did make me laugh. And uh, massive thanks to Mads. Always a pleasure to see you, and I uh, really enjoyed having you on on Charlton Live this morning. Cheers, gents. Always a pleasure. Always more than happy to come on and uh, try and uh, not be so depressing of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's e- easier said than done, isn't it? About about, yeah. about Charlton, unfortunately, these days. Uh, right, I'm uh, Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, we'll be back on Thursday to look back at the Morecambe game uh, and and ahead to whoever it is next Saturday, Cambridge, I think it is. So we'll uh, we'll see you again on Thursday. Look forward to seeing you then. But thanks for listening today. Uh, we shall see you later. 